0: This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. This is episode two, and today's topic is five ways to catch more trout. Dave, I've got to be honest. The line, it doesn't matter if I catch anything, it's just great to be outdoors, works for me about once. But I want to catch fish. I mean, I like catching, not just fly fishing. You
1: know, I do too. Um, I remember our previous episode, we talked about uh, the entire experience of fly fishing as we describe our best day ever. But in the end, if I'm not catching fish, I'm restless. And uh, and both of us
0: are average fly fishers. Right. Though I'm a
1: lot better than you are.
0: Oh, no, you're not. (laughs) Yes, we are average. We are average. And and actually, I often feel more like a beginner than even average. But we have caught a lot of fish. At least I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, simply not true. So today we're going to share
1: five ways to catch more trout. This is an important episode if you are an aspiring fly fisher uh, because... I didn't know some of these things and these are kind of macro ideas and they're not as technical, but I found that some of these big ideas I wasn't thinking about when I first started. So we've discovered these over the years and we've just convinced that these five ways will help you catch more fish. And I think when you're first starting out, it's really overwhelming there's so much to learn and it feels like at least to me much more than golf or some of the other sports
0: right for starters uh, newbie fly fishers are focused on learning how to cast figuring out some of the basics of fly patterns I mean that's bewildering isn't it when you go into a fly shop and all the flies you can get and then getting all the gear I mean fly fishing can be a very gadget intensive sport and And I often wonder about the percentage of people who start fly fishing and those who stick with it. Uh, Catching some trout helps out enormously. So, uh, let's talk about uh, five ways to catch more trout. Uh, So, number one. I think the first is really
1: basic. It's learn the art of nymphing.
0: Absolutely, I I know for too many years, I was so obsessed with uh, dry fly fishing, which is a lot of fun, but I I just didn't realize the importance of nymphing. A veteran guide and fly tire, Bob Granger, says that 85% of a trout's diet is under the surface. And honestly, when I learned that, it really changed uh, the way that I fished.
1: I also would say probably dry fly fishing is my favorite of the two of between dry flying and, and nymphing
0: and for those who are new dry fly fishing we're, we're catching fish on the surface you see your fly on the surface and then you see uh, the fish uh, rise to take that fly
1: I found I'm a, a much better caster simply because I can see where the fly is going mm-hmm. and um, and you can see whether you're you know whether you're dragging or anything like that and so uh, I didn't really learn to nymph until 20 years ago. I was probably fly fishing for 15 years um, before I actually started niffing. Now, I, we did some streamers, or I did some streamers. I remember catching a bunch of cutthroat on the Yellowstone. I think it was 1985. But if you want to catch fish, learning how to nymph, even though it feels tedious, it's mission critical if you want to catch more fish.
0: Absolutely right. Uh, here are a couple keys. We're talking about learning the art of nymphing. And a couple keys, again, these are simple. If, if you've fished a while, you know these already. But for those of you who are new, uh, one would be use a strike indicator. And you say, what's a strike indicator? Well, think bobber. <laughs> uh, it, it's like a bobber you use when you, remember Dave, did you catch uh, uh, like sunfish and bluegills? I did that as a kid. And-
1: I think until i was 18 and and was introduced to fly fishing yeah i that's all i caught was yeah. that. so that in in bass
0: exactly oh and so a strike indicator is really just a glorified bobber and it can be you know well there are different kinds we won't get into that now but uh it's it's something that floats either a little uh, kind of round plastic ball or you could have uh, something that's got you know yarn with it but it's it's floating there in the surface and when you see that baby disappear it kind of goes backwards. You know, you, your fly or is, is floating down the river and when you see that thing dart back up river, boy, well, you, you, you pull on it and hopefully it's a fish. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, another is to learn to mend your line over and over again to keep the drift natural. And that's hard to explain, you know, with, without you know, showing you a picture or it'd be easier if you could show it on video. But when you cast your line, uh, you're, you're standing on a bank, and let's say the river is moving from uh, right to left, so you cast your line. And mending means that you, you, you kind of lift up that line and you put a U in it. You, you flip it back up so that, uh, that the middle of your line is uh, upriver from where your fly is. Otherwise, you'll get this drag, and uh, you, you need to keep the drift natural. And, and I know that when I first started fishing uh, with a, a friend who really taught me how to f- nymph, uh, he kept saying, mend your line, mend your line, mend your line, and drove me crazy. But I, I hear that every time I fly fish. Uh, I was up in Alaska uh, a couple years ago. My wife and I celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary. And so we went up and visited her sister and family. And uh, thankfully, they're uh, crazy outdoors people. and so. Uh, one day, I uh, got out on a, on a creek, it's called Clear Creek, and it emptied into the Talkeetna River. And there were a bunch of people fishing the, uh, the, the Talkeetna right where Clear Creek emptied in for salmon. And I did that for a few minutes, but uh, I had heard there were some rainbows up in Clear Creek. So I walked up there and uh, went up maybe a quarter of a mile. And it's crazy up there. You just don't have the insect hatches like you have in Montana or Wyoming, and so I use these big, uh, uh, ugly uh, streamers. One of them was called the Dalai Lama. I think I caught most of my trout on that. But <laughs> that's I, awesome. I, Yeah, I'd throw that thing in, let it drift down, but I remember uh, just being really deliberate about uh, mending my line, just the way the current was flowing. I had to do that, otherwise uh, I, w- I was getting a drag. So uh, that's number one, uh, learn the art of nymphing.
1: And it's also, you know, the corollary to that is the art of the dead drift. And, yes. um, and that's what you're talking about when you're mending your line, trying to make that fly uh, float as natural as possible. Just several years ago when I was out with a guide and there were two of us, Steve, I don't think you were there, but he would, I always like to go out with a guide, but I was out with him and I was surprised I would He would show us something, and he would immediately catch a fish. And i have been fishing for mm. many, many years, and yet I realized he had the dead drift perfected. And so almost every cast, he was getting a strike.
0: Right. Okay, so number two, then, is uh, fish the banks. I've watched a lot of drift boats over the years in the Yellowstone River, the Madison River, and guess where they fished? I mean, they're fishing the banks. Uh, that's where the trout are lying. And sometimes I think people assume, man, I need to hire a guide so I can get out in the middle of the river. Well, just watch where they fish. They're fishing the banks.
1: Some of that may be left over from, you know, thinking about bass fishing, right, in lakes. And so you've got to, uh, right. you have to throw
0: it out there, flinging that baby out there yeah. as far as you can get it. No, that's not what you need to do.
1: Well, you also need to, as part of this, learn to sneak up on holes in small spring creeks I learned how to fly fish in the smaller streams and learned how to catch brookies. I love uh, catching brook trout. But yes. often when I watch, especially in my, in Wisconsin, uh, Steve and I now fish in the Driftless often, uh, which is you know near La Crosse and, and up and down the Mississippi there. Um, the tributaries that flow into the Mississippi. They're yeah, good o- little spring
0: creeks, aren't they? We'll oh, talk these, about those yeah, sometime. They're terrific
1: spring uh, creeks, but I often will see people who are standing on the bank and casting within, probably um, they're casting within five or ten feet. of
0: Right, and your your line is is get your knees dirty, isn't it? Uh, I always hear you saying that.
1: It is get your knees dirty and the thing is that you need to crawl up on the hole and to crawl up to the stream and stay low, keep your profile low. And you have to act as if they um, are seeing you from the moment you walk onto the river. So, yeah. it, it's you know, my rule of thumb is if my knees are not uh, muddy, it means I probably aren't, am not fishing well.
0: That's right. You got to buy a pair of new waders every couple of years, don't you? All right. So, uh, five ways to catch more trout. The first way is to learn the art of nymphing, uh, second way would be to fish the banks, and our third way is to improve your casting. Now, you don't have to be great, but you've got to get better. And as we just mentioned a moment ago, short casts are more than adequate. I mean, some of the biggest rainbows I've caught during the spring on the Madison River and in the fall in the East Gallatin have been about 10 to 20 feet in front of me. Now, one of the things that you need to do in in learning to improve your casting is learn to flick your wrist rather than long, wavy casts. Uh, sometimes you, you might remember, if, if you've watched the movie A River Runs Through It, where uh, uh, you know, the guy's standing out on the rock and these beautiful, long, wavy casts. And that, that's, that's incredible. That's an art form. But that's not how you, you, you do it when you're, you're casting to a particular uh, run. Uh, learn to flick your wrist and learn to let your rod, your graphite rod, do the work for you. Do you remember
1: last summer... Um we were fishing, I think it was uh, Tower Fall. We were up river. Right, upriver. Mm-hmm. right. And in Yellowstone f- Park, right yep. below Tower. In yep. Yellowstone Park and I and I had just gotten a new fly rod because I had snapped the tip off my rod the previous year. Yeah. <laughs> and uh sent it back into Orbis and Orbis sent me a new rod. And so I had it on my uh on I had it I was carrying it, I think, and yeah. I did not have it in a tube. Shame on me. But we had gotten had not even fly fished a second we bypassed all these great holes walked four miles in we had to climb this
0: embankment uh, and as yeah. i was
1: scrambling to the top of the embankment you know what happened i snapped the tip uh, off my fly rod
0: oh i can still hear that that was so painful <sighs> oh,
1: i was you know it was one of those that takes your breath away you think are you kidding me yeah. so we had about another 10 15 minutes to get to our honey hole what we call hopper hopper run and it was uh, it was august and we're fishing these terrestrials, and so we got there. And I think I had—I think I caught more fish than you did with a broken tip.
0: Yeah, rub it in. But you're right, you, you did, <laughs> you did.
1: Because the run was right next to the to the bank, and and didn't really need to cast out more than five or ten feet and let it drift downstream. So uh, it was one of those great days. And even though it just shows that you don't have to fish in the middle of the river.
0: Right, yeah, exactly. I, I guess the best way to learn casting, fly casting, is to watch fly fishers who are better than you. Uh, Dave, that's why you always watch me, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Good one, seriously, you know, fish with people who are better than you are, uh, especially if, if you're brand new at this. So, someone in person, you know, the instructional videos are very helpful. And, and even in books, uh, Gary Borger. Uh, His Fly Fishing, uh, the book series, currently five volumes, uh, Tomorrow River Press, has some good help. Uh, One of my favorites is Bud Lilly's Guide to Fly Fishing the New West by Bud Lilly and Paul Shulery. And those books, and there are many others, but those books will give you some basics about how to fly cast, and you can do it.
1: There's nothing like having a mentor, though. Um, I will say I've read all those books, and, well, that's not quite true, but I've read many of yeah, those you books, have. Yeah. and it's really hard for me to actually translate mm-hmm. that into casting on the river. But when I'm when somebody is beside me yes. and giving me instruction, it's really amazing.
0: Right, that does help. All right, let's talk about a fourth way to catch more trout, and and this is a big one. Uh, go where the other fly fishers are not. I mean, this means walking a mile further than next guy, and and I've been doing that for years on the Yellowstone. Uh, before tower, below tower fall in Yellowstone National Park. I remember when I first started fishing that somebody told me about it and so I I walked down with my buddy and and maybe it was my brother, I think we walked down together and and there were guys on the river for about the first half mile so we kept walking and walking and walking and finally got into some water that I know that nobody fished and that's just been something that, that I've been doing, we've been doing that for years.
1: You know, again, the rivers in, you know, in the West, uh, if there's somebody there, the further up you go, the less, you know, fly fishers there are. And, and as basic as that is, um, it's just a really important, uh, really important point to catch more fish. Right. I would also say that when you're just starting out, first few years of fly fishing, you need to catch fish. And the best way to do that is fish some of the smaller streams. Oh, absolutely. You know, you may go up uh, or you may go to Bozeman and fish the great Western rivers, but there's a lot of streams around there where you can catch great brook trout and even some really nice rainbows or cuts uh, during the same time of year. And I've been surprised at how big they are, but you want to be in a place, one that doesn't get fish much, much, but also just has a lot of fish where you can catch uh, yeah, brook abs- trout and other types
0: absolutely. Of I mean, brook trout, I think are God's gift to beginning fly fishermen. And and even after all these years, I still love catching brookies out of some of those little streams. I I remember in high school, I used to fish the Big Thompson River in Moraine Park. Uh, that's in Rocky Mountain National Park, right below the, the campground where we would always stay. And uh, it was great. You know, those brookies are very forgiving and, and you could have a you know, you, your line ends in a great big wad of, of uh, you know, just a mess, and, and then the fly lands in the middle of that tangle, and, and here comes an 8-inch brookie to save the day.
1: <laughs> they are forgiving, aren't oh, they? Oh,
0: man, they are. Okay, so we're talking about going where other fly fishers are not. Here's something else that I learned from my years in Montana. Uh, fish upstream from the fishing accesses. Uh, the fishing accesses; these are public accesses where you can uh, put in a drift boat. I mean, you, you can also wade, but uh, a lot of times uh, these are used for uh, drift boats. And what happens? I've I've seen this, but I've also done this. When I've been floating on a river, uh, when you start to get towards the the fishing access where you're going to take out, you know, the the boat trailer is there waiting for you. A lot of guys stop fishing about couple hundred yards before the access and so it really doesn't get as much pressure as you think so uh, sometimes just fishing up stream up the river from those accesses you'll get some good water that doesn't get as hammered as hard as you think
1: one other uh, point underneath uh, number four is covering more water now Steve you're almost obsessed with this. yeah I
0: am I admit it
1: (laughs) I think you probably move through holes too quickly sometimes but I think you're right, and we and while we differ on this, um, Steve yeah, because you're so slow.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, remember who catches all the fish? Um, yeah. <laughs> actually, that's not true. But uh, Steve will only make a couple casts at a hole, and he moves on. And so he has he has a high boredom factor for you know for in his. How long he stays at different holes right and um, I think he's right to do that because you know after a few casts or if you catch a fish in the hole sometimes the hole is disturbed and you need and if you move on you move on to that next hole upriver, and that hole then can be allowed to to calm down again and maybe you can hit it later but I think to keep moving on the river and not fish the same hole for 15 or minutes or 30 minutes Obviously, it depends on the size of stream as well.
0: Right. Yeah, a lot of newbie fly fishers just beat the water to a froth, and then they continue to do it. And, yeah, give it enough time. Make sure that the, the fish have seen your, your fly, because sometimes those, those nymphs especially, really tiny nymphs, uh, uh, maybe you missed the lane. So try a couple times, but when in doubt, move on to the next hole. All right, we've got one more. We're talking today about five ways to catch more trout. Uh, Number one was learn the art of nymphing. Number two, fish the banks. Number three, improve your casting. Number four, go where the other fly fishers are not. And number five, drum roll, hire a guide.
1: (laughs) This uh, might not seem like a deep truth. Um, And there's obviously some expense here, but every time I fish with a guide, um, I've learned something new. A couple of years ago, a client invited me out to his home in Park City utah and we fished the provo one of the provo um, rivers there and or tributaries of the provo and uh, we hired this guy from the small fly shop and he must have been 22 or 23 and he was just this amazing uh, guide he was just he, disgusting isn't it <laughs> it's is totally and so he would like show us how to cast and, and I was asking him I one of the things that I think you need to be when you're with a guide is not be arrogant or act like you right. know it and that's like guy's biggest sin right oh is yeah you, you don't yeah. ask for advice right and um, yeah you're
0: paying this guy not to impress him you're paying to get information and help.
1: You know, at that point, I had fished for over 30 years, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to listen to him. I learned so much. And, um, and yes, it was expensive. And you obviously can't do this every time you go out. But every so often, depending on how many times you go out a year, maybe once a year or once every 18 right. months, um, hire a guide. And of course, guides are patchy, right? There's some guys that are kind of grumpy. And the best thing they can do is, you know, bring your sack lunch and sit with you as you eat it. Um, but there are great guides and i would definitely use one um, as often as you can
0: yeah and and the other thing too they they not only help you know how to cast i mean watching them uh, you know they'll tell you what flies to use but you also learn new water and dave you and i've gone back haven't we and we've refished water that we fished with guides uh, maybe uh, it's water that we've waited, or, or I've, I've even waited. we've even waited water that we've drifted before, and, and we, we spotted a fishing access, and later we said, hey, let's drive into that access, because uh, we know that, that a couple hundred yards down from that access, there's a really good run where uh, the guide actually stopped the boat, and we got out and, and fished a little bit.
1: Remember up in uh, the Driftless? was it last year? Um, I forget the name of the stream, but we... Hired a guide, right? And he took us to a stream that was just over this ridge that we hadn't even noticed. It was obviously on the map, but we yeah. hadn't fished mm-hmm. it. And so he led us to another good stretch of water. And um, and so let your guide lead you to new water.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Here's another idea that's related to hiring a guide, and it's take a class on fly tying. Uh, the insight that I shared earlier about eighty-five percent of a trout's diet being under the surface came from a fly tying class I took from a guy named Bob Granger. And honestly, Dave, I I learned as much about a trout's diet as I did about the mechanics of wrapping hackle and dubbing on a little hook.
1: Well, today, our five takeaways are more macro ideas, big ideas, and they are tactical. But frankly, I wish I had known these when I first started. Maybe I wasn't wasn't just capable of... um, Of absorbing them because I was 18 years old when I first learned and you know the brain of an 18 year old (laughs) Um, but I think you know some of these ideas can really help you as you absorb them uh, catch more fish
0: exactly all right the topic for our next podcast is wildlife encounters there's nothing like a rattlesnake at your foot or a stubborn bull buffalo who walks toward you and not away from you to get your heart rate up and Dave and I are going to tell some stories and talk about how to stay safe while enjoying the creatures that you'll see along the river.
1: In the meantime, be sure to check, our, check out our website, twoguysinariver.com.
0: Two with a numeral?
1: That's right. We'd love for you to go to our blog and post some advice you'd like to offer those who want to catch more trout. There's a lot of great wisdom out there that needs to be shared, and, and uh, our blog site is, is the place to do it. So post your questions on the blog or post a great story on the blog, and at some point in the future, we'll take your questions and answer them.
0: And also, if there's something that made you a better fly fisher, we'd be glad to have you share that as well.
1: Please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you.
0: I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.